0: morning church Uh, my name is matt ottenweller and i am a part of the in-town community group and unfortunately in-town community group is actually having house church today so uh but they've heard most of what i'm about to say so they're not missing out on much and uh our south uh campus ministry is also meeting with them in house church today for a time of fellowship (laughs) i got a few stragglers Um, So, like I said, my name is Matt. I'm a part of the in-town ministry. And this is a ministry that we started about seven or eight years ago to reach out to people in the city. And um, I just want to say before I get into the communion message today, how grateful I am for this church. Uh, How grateful I am for, for the North River Church, for the leaders of the church and the elders, but also every single one of you. Um, what we've been able to experience in, in town has been incredible blessing. It's been a great learning opportunity. And a lot of what we've been able to do has been thanks to you. And there have been particular people at North River that have been of such great service to us. And we're so grateful to have been able to have been partners with you in this. I also wanna say a special thanks Um, I'd like to introduce a couple to you. Mark and Carrie Aguirre. Where are they at? There he is right there. There's Mark right there. Uh, Mark and Carrie live in South Africa. And uh, Mark works for Hope Worldwide and is doing incredible work over there. Uh, But the the reason I want to highlight them is because when I was... uh, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, uh, trying to find my way in the faith. Mark Aguirre, uh, was one of the people, many, many people, uh, that I needed to study the Bible with me (laughs) and help me, uh, become a Christian. So, Mark, thank you. So, we are here today to talk about communion. So, uh, I grew up going to a church very similar to this one. And so, um, well, let me, let me back up for a second. So uh, we started this in-town ministry about seven or eight years ago. And one of the things we really wanted to do was to meet in homes for church. Partly because we wanted to reach people in our communities. And partly because, you know, when you read the scriptures, it's pretty clear that they often met in people's homes. And we wanted to be able to explore what that experience was like of meeting in people's homes. So about seven or eight years ago, we started meeting in people's homes for church. And one of the things that you realize when you start to meet in a home is that you can't do it like you do it here, right? Like we don't have like the Sherwins and the Joshes and the Chase and our family group. I don't know about you guys, right? So singing is a little bit of a different experience. You know, we don't have like a Jeff or a Tom Brown or a Jordan Massey in our family group to like preach the word every Sunday, right? It's a different experience. And so you, ha- so you think, okay, well, how are we gonna do church in this setting? And one of the things that we wrestled with was how are we going to do communion, okay? So, yeah, I decided, okay, well, let me figure out how are we gonna do communion? So the first thing I did was decided... Let me look in the Bible and see what the Bible says is about communion. So I, uh, you know, pulled out my phone, did a search in the NIV communion, and guess what I found? Nothing. The word communion is not in the NIV. So then I'm like, huh, we use this word a lot. Like, where does this word come from? Right? And I was like, well, it's kind of an old school word. Let me try the, the King James version, right? And then this is what I found. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So I was like, hmm, this word, here's, here's communion. Um, what is this word communion all about? So, looked it up in the Greek, and it's this word, koinonia. And for the Bible scholars among you, you might recognize this word. It's a pretty common word in the New Testament. This word koinonia, that's translated as communion in this passage, is also translated as participation or fellowship. Okay? So, this is the verse, whoops, whoops. Okay, this is the verse in the NIV. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Okay, so this is the verse that we get this word communion from. So I started here in thinking about this passage. Now, I'm just gonna remind you all, if you didn't realize it, that, you know, I have participated in a lot of Lord's Supper times, a lot. But when I was studying this out, by that point, it was like at least a thousand. Some of you have been around a while, you, you know, maybe you're in the 2000s, okay? Um, but over a thousand times, I had come to church and, you know, we, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And for those of you who might not be familiar with this... The Lord's Supper is a time that we remember Jesus. Before Jesus died, he sat with his disciples for a Passover meal, and he broke bread, and he handed it out, and he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup of wine, and he did the same thing and said, remember me. This is right before he died. So... Um, I've come to church and every church we have a time we dedicate to the Lord's Supper or to communion. And, um, but there are some things that really struck me about this passage that I had never really thought about before after doing this over a thousand times, okay? So the first thing here is it really highlights for me the idea of participation. What does it mean to participate In the blood of Christ. And how might that be different than what we're used to doing during this time together? So, typically what we do for the Lord's Supper is we we sing a really slow song (laughs) to get everybody in the mood. (laughs) And then someone comes up and talks about the Lord's Supper, talks about Jesus, probably the cross, how they've been changed. And then we pass around the bread and the juice, or in this case, you pick it up on your way in the door. And we sit in silence and we take the bread and then we take the juice. And it's a very receiving-oriented process, right? We receive the singing. We re- well, we kind of participate in the singing, but we receive the singing because that's getting us in the mood, right? We receive the message. We receive the bread, we receive the juice. But communion is about participation in the blood of Christ and in the body of Christ. And what does that mean to participate in the blood of Christ? And for me, and there's a lot of ways you could answer this question, but for me, I think about the fact that This is something that I'm recognizing. I need this. And I'm coming to Jesus, not alone, but in front of all these other people and saying, Jesus, all you other people, I need this. I need the grace of God. I need forgiveness. It's saying, Jesus, you have died for me. And so I am also going to die to myself. And so I take this blood and I participate in this blood and in doing so, I'm dying to myself in your honor. And then I read this next verse and this is the thing that blew me away. Okay, I want to see if you guys pick up on this because I'd read this passage so many times and never thought about this. Verse 17 says, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Okay, so what does it mean to participate in the body of Christ? What is the body of Christ? It really makes it pretty clear for us. There is one loaf. We who are many are one body. Now, I don't know if you ever made this connection before. I never did. But when you take the bread during the Lord's Supper, when you are participating in the body of Christ, what is his body? The church. Okay, So, so you participate in his blood, but you also participate in his body, the church. I had never thought about that before and I've been, I've been doing this a long time, not as long as some of you, but pretty long time. I had never heard anyone make that connection before that when I take communion, I'm participating in the church, the body of Christ. And when I, the more I started to think about it, the more I was like, wow, this, is, this changes things for me. And I'm not interested in getting into like semantics and, you know, arguing about words, but this changes things for me. And you think about it like... It makes a lot of sense. Like, how did I not notice this before? Many of us know the body of Christ is the church, but why don't we think about it during this time? Probably because our experience of the Lord's Supper is a very solo one in which we are doing a lot of receiving and not a lot of participating. something changes when you are sitting around a table or in a circle or lying around the table as they might have done back in Jesus' time and there's one loaf one piece of bread one big loaf of bread in the middle of the table and everyone receives a piece of it and takes that piece and eats it some things become a lot clearer when you do that number one I can't be like, I'm over here and the church is over there and I can't, I mean, it's a lot harder to be critical of the church when you're taking the bread from the one loaf and you're like, I am the church, right? (laughs) Like I am the church and so is my brother and then we are the church here. This is church, right? This what we're doing here is church, but when you, anytime you meet with your brothers and sisters. You are having communion. Communion starts when you walk in the door. Okay, it starts when you walk in the door because that's when your fellowship begins. So, you, so you realize I, I'm responsible here. You're also you also realize like we're all in this together. Like. What's happening here, what's happening with my brothers and sisters, that's my responsibility too. I'm participating in the body of Christ, the church. And the other thing that hits me too, is like, I'm not alone. And I think, I, I th- I, there, there's some reasons I think that, that Jesus makes this connection for us. But one of them, I think, is to remind us we are not alone You don't have to do this by yourself. Jesus is saying, I've given you a precious gift, the church, and you get to all be a part of it. And and in doing so, you're participating in my body. Um, All right, I'm going to skip that part. (laughs) There's a lot I want to say about this. Okay, I got six minutes. (laughs) All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's just keep it going here. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. All right, this is a long text. Uh, so read along if you, if you can. And as you read this, well, let's just look at the first verse quickly. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for, you, for your meetings do more harm than good. Let's just pause there for a second. This is a serious accusation. Like me, the meetings of the body are doing more harm than good. So as we read this, I want, to, I want you to ask yourself, what is going on here? What were they getting wrong? What were they missing about what the Lord's Supper meant? And more importantly, what were they missing about the heart of Jesus? Okay, verse 18, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God? by humiliating those who have nothing. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. So we'll pause here, we're gonna keep reading, but what seems to be happening here, first of all, it's clear that when they did the Lord's Supper, they would gather together in meals, right? But what seems to be happening here is that some people would go ahead and get started eating and drinking, and then some people would arrive late or later and there wouldn't be enough food or drink to share And it says don't, uh, Do you despise the church of God By humiliating those who have nothing And so what seems to be happening Most people believe What seems to be happening Is that those who were poor Those who had less means Couldn't arrive as early as everyone else Because they had to finish their day of work And so they would arrive later And other people wouldn't wait for them For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then... Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. So what's going on here? Because Paul has some very strong words for this community of believers. It says here, I think it highlights it best here in verse 29, where it says, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. What does it mean to discern the body of Christ? It's kind of a, you know, more complicated word. But basically it means to to recognize as distinct. To understand this is something different. This is special. And so when we come to the Lord's Supper, part of what we're doing, we're recognizing that we've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God. But we're also supposed to recognize the body of Christ, the church. And we're supposed, so when it says here, you know, examine your, uh, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread. Now, I always thought, okay, I'm going to tell you, this was my experience of the Lord's Supper prior to, to, when I was younger. I thought the Lord's Supper was a time where I think about the cross, I examine myself and realize how sinful I am, I feel bad about it, or I'm supposed to, and then I apologize to I apologize for what I've done. That's, how I, that's what I thought examining myself meant. But when you read it in context, it's clear that exam, we're supposed to examine our hearts about the body of Christ before we take the Lord's Supper. And if there's one thing that I want you to get out of our time together today, it's how important to Jesus his body is how important the church is to Jesus. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus broke the bread first before he gave them the cup. Because this is Jesus' family. This is his body. And I think he's saying, if you're going to come to me, you have to love my family. You have to love my body. You have to recognize and discern my body. This is my family. And so, as we take the Lord's Supper today, we're going to be doing it a little differently than you're used to. And based on my experience of trying to do things a little differently in our house churches, it's gonna feel weird, okay? I'm warning you, it's going to feel weird because we are not going to, as you take the bread and the juice, we're not going to have a silent time of prayer and reflection today. Um, Not that I'm against that. I think it's awesome. I think we all should do more meditating. But we have an opportunity here being together to do the Lord's Supper together. Okay? So I'm going to pray in a moment. And then I'm going to ask you to discuss among yourselves as you take the bread and the juice to share what's your favorite memory about Jesus. And and the last thing I just want to leave you with is as you take the Lord's Supper, as we take the Lord's Supper, let's think about how Jesus would want to be remembered on a regular basis. I don't think it's Jesus' heart for us to every time we remember him, we're just reflecting on our sinfulness. Like, do you think that's what Jesus wants us to do <laughs> when, we, when we do the Lord's Supper? It might be what we need to do. But I think he also would want this time to be a time of celebration sometimes, of our forgiveness and redemption, you know, reminiscing and reflecting on how amazing he was and where he is now as Lord of all things. And so, as we do the Lord's Supper today, let's, let's participate in His blood, but let's also participate in His body. And let's do so with reverence and appreciation for this great gift that God has given us. Let's remember that the Lord's Supper is not just about this, But it's also about this. And so today we'll bring both things together when we do the Lord's Supper. All right. And for those of you who are participating via live stream, uh, feel free to, as you break the bread and as you take the cup, to if you can share with one another if there are people with you or even share in the chat what your favorite memories are about jesus let's pray god we give you thanks we thank you for your son jesus through whom so much goodness is possible god we thank you for his blood we thank you for his death for his suffering And God, at this time, as we thank you for it, we also commit ourselves to dying to ourselves as we participate in this cup. We take this cup on ourselves. We want to live like you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We can't do this without you. God, we also want to thank you for his body the body, not just that died, but the body that he left us. God, we thank you for the church. God, I want to thank you for each brother and sister that's here today and what they mean to me and that I don't have to be in this alone, that I don't have to be perfect by myself, that we all can rise together to represent you. And God, please help us to understand and appreciate these gracious gifts that you've given us. In your son's name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so like I said, just turn to your neighbor, the people sitting next to you. As you share your favorite stories about Jesus, take the bread and the juice.